This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello. Good to see you again. You look well. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 317 of The Team is brought to you by Lincoln's Logs because time passes slowly in the inhuman containment chamber. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser here, Matt, the Quinjet streaking over the ocean, Daisy and Lincoln, still two pickups to make. Where are they going? Pete, first stop, Biscayne Bay, Florida. Next stop, Bogota, Colombia. Yes, and I love here that between the the two stops, you know, we've got uh, Joey who's out on a date. We've got um, Yo-Yo who is uh, rehearsing, practicing her English in a really endearing, um, you know, piece of writing that carries through and ultimately kind of pulls your heart out towards the end of the episode. Pete, this uh, this a podcast where in the listener feedback portion we're going to be taken to task for being too pro gender equality. I hope that that uh, listener uh, isn't too offended by the notion of uh, two Hispanics, one being homosexual, gracing our TV screens as normal human beings going through the the average everyday stuff that that people do in life. Well, how about the extraordinarily here picked up, scooped up by uh, Daisy and Lincoln? Um, <clears throat> Yo-Yo wants to know what is Hydra, uh, and everything comes back to what they don't know heading into the situation where uh, Zephyr One is down. Uh, they don't know much at all. Yeah, it's a cute. Um, it's a cute moment, and it's it's well earned. Uh, and also an interesting moment from the note-taking point of view because it's like, well, how about this? I don't know. How about this? I don't know. But it is kind of a nice little uh, little story flourish to just remind us that this is a newly minted team. And though we've been with Sky since uh, day one, episode one, um, she is still a rookie, certainly a rookie leader. And they're right. heading into battle not as ready as they might want to be. And, uh, you know, she says they're going to get within 50 feet of the base. Well, what about the other 50? She'll take care of them. Uh, my notes then say Spanish parachutes because there was discussion there as they were putting on the, the parachutes. And I, I love the bond quickly that, that Joey and Yo-Yo have forged here. Uh, but Daisy makes mention of their gifts as she's picked up from Lincoln uh, here and that it's time to put them to good use as she heads out of the Quinjet and into action to take us to the title card. After the title card, uh, Squidward, soon to be properly named, uh, as well as Malik, uh, they make mention that they know that uh, that uh, backup will be arriving. They have uh, they have shield kind of on the ropes here but uh but help will be coming soon we how about the slight Guerra just goes right around malik <laughs> straight to ward 
Absolutely. It's 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 these modern times, Pete. It's the the power shift. Uh, the story moves to our shield heroes, kind of in a uh, in what I put in my notes as a metal room. They're able to lock themselves in. May is bleeding. Here are our heroes backed into a corner. Will no one save them? As it's uh, you know, as it seems to seems to be trouble raining in on them. Uh, cut to the secret warriors have arrived through a, a burst hole in the wall, courtesy of Daisy, and uh, and we're quickly afoot. Yes, uh, with uh, the character we've previously referred to as Glasses, the Inhuman now known as uh, Lucio, ready to uh, to get our S.H.I.E.L.D. team should they break into that room. Lincoln and Daisy uh, go solo and uh, send uh, Joey and Yo-Yo off on their own. They will then report back. Um Pete, we see Joey and Yo-Yo in the elevator. Uh, there's some great banter between them, particularly wondering how many guys, how many baddies they will find once the elevator doors open. Looks to be about six to me. Uh, Sace, Matt. Sace. Absolutely. Their bullets get melted uh, by Joey, and then Yo-Yo goes to cuff them quickly. Uh, it's There's there's success here, Pete. There's success in these new team teammates and... Uh, certainly uh, be lying the trouble to come. Uh, well, I think that's that's part of it. It comes too easy, and you had to know that the rug was going to get pulled out from under them, that it can't all be this easy. We do get uh, a nice moment here, the Lincoln-Malik showdown. I kind of said that we've been waiting for, question mark, but I'll take the snark back. It's a, it's a nice moment, particularly... Uh, given that Lincoln has kind of adopted himself as part of Team Shield, which of course will be called into question later, but they have this moment here where where, you know, Lincoln, who's been looking to prove himself, here he is taking down the sole head of Hydra. And uh sure enough he's got Malik and he's he's bringing him to the plane. Some loaded glances by uh Daisy in those uh couple scenes in the tower, kind of looking out over the uh the green screened uh, complex, but very uh, well filled in by our special effects artists. It really was. Mark Kolchak and his team uh, did an, a very wonderful job, particularly since some of those shots of Daisy looking out into the, the green screened uh, warehouse uh, beyond, uh, warehouse space beyond. It's kind of done with, uh, with a handheld camera, at least a feel to it. So that's extra stuff for the special effects wizards to to track and to keep in place as the camera moves and all that flawless flawless effects um the story moves to to that metal room where colson and uh and company are outside it we see uh the the previous mr eyes now as you said lucio uh and some of his uh his stock baddies they're about to get in or at least they're they're working hard on it i know uh, our pal mike Sorensen said they weren't going to get in with that uh, particular ram, but Pete Fizz, uh, Fizz, Fitz rather is able to delay them with uh, some chlorine gas. Fizz, chlorine, <laughs> yeah, exactly, chlorine fizz. It's all connected, um, and uh, that 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 buys them some time, Pete. But will it work? Well, uh, if it doesn't, they're going to go blind, and there's a guy out there they probably want to go blind. Luckily, though, Sky is on the way to help. We see that 
excellent, excellent, excellent job hiding the twist. Six Sense style, I would almost argue. It's made clear, guys, I'm on my way to help. Um, we then see her helping. She takes out Gera with a great blast. Yippee, hooray for the good guys. She she mentions again, I told you I was on my way to help. Um, it, it, Darn it, it's mentioned twice enough so it sticks, but it's not so sticky that you say, wait, this this could be a, a trap here. Um, they uh, the, the the story then moves to the jet where, uh, where Lucio is about to take out Lincoln. No, he takes out Lincoln. Joey is there waiting for him, uh, reforms the metal into a into a, a, a pick of sorts, takes out Lucio, and uh, Lucio apparently down for the count while uh Joey looks at Malik and there's all sorts of tension, tension. And that tension builds towards that room where the team is. Uh, suddenly there are noise, noises outside. Hello, it's Yo-Yo here and uh, uh, Mac with the reunion. It's good to see uh, her again on both sides. And um, that uh, Coulson quickly moves them out. Hey, what took you so long? May can't walk, but she can still fly, Matt. Absolutely, she can. With that, they're on the plane. Whew. Boy, Pete, this was another fast Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. I thought they were going to be in trouble for a while. Instead, it's, uh, what is this, two acts worth, uh, act plus a teaser. However, as the plane is taking off, we have Ward and Guerra looking on. Ward helping Guerra up, who laments, um, you know, that, that they had uh, lost and achieve nothing here. And uh, Ward explains to him, not true. Now they have one on the inside. Act two starts in uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ. It's it's the Secret Warriors. They're in the, the co-ed changing room. It's the 21st century. Secret Warriors only, you might say. It's been a good day with Yo-Yo having that odd cut on her leg. Um but they're they're certainly complimenting each other on a job well done, and it's uh, it's nice to see their camaraderie there. And having recovered Malik as they have, there's hope that they might even have uh, more to do soon. So so this is a time for patting themselves on the back. They came together. They rescued the team. It's it's all sunshine and lollipops from here on out, right, Matt? Absolutely, just the one little little area to proceed. Coulson questioning Malik. Hey, I think that's going on right now. Someone says so. We go to right now with Coulson questioning Malik. What is that thing parading around? Is Grant Ward? Oh, by the way, you're going to get your punishment for killing Rosalind later. Malik Pete tells a metaphor of Arabian horses. Not quite as good as the uh, the. Uh, stallion metaphor in crimson tide but but almost as good there was this arabian horse that bucked and threw his daughter but she got up she calmed the horse pete that's a metaphor for well the the soon to be named named hive um but this is the horse that has that has thrown her and taken over the hydra god doesn't care for us he's a god just not ours wow thick in metaphor here on that day in the Tetons, there was the one that uh, Stephanie Malik found out about Hydra. And uh, her father, Gideon, taught her to have faith uh, in that Arabian horse as a god. 
And then the lamentation there, Matt, he killed her. Uh, he is a God. He's just not ours. Really like how they're continuing to, to um, use language, use imagery, use storylines that, that give a little nod to the world that we live in, some of the language that we use sometimes. And uh, it, it certainly is not a preachy show. We're not going anywhere as far as the classic Star Trek but his half of his face is black and mine is white. Oh, this is a metaphor for black and white issues. But I just, I like that they're in our fun action adventure, zip along, what will happen next week kind of show. I like that we're, like that we're, we're, we're reflecting our world back a little bit. Anyhow, elsewhere in S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, Lincoln admits that he took advantage of his relationship with Daisy when he brought the Terrigen crystal to James last time. By the way, he's got lots and lots of crystals, and there was a whole lot I wasn't sure about as it was unfolding in this episode, but I was sure that this was the first time we were seeing a room that had a whole bunch of crystals, and I said, that's going to be a thing later. The asset room, as it's later referred to here, and yeah, you, you blinked and you missed it. There were quite a few crystals there in a in a case with uh, kind of the foam set up there. That's so they don't break, Matt. Um, Can you imagine as, being the shield tech who's like, awesome, I'm part of this like ultra secret, uh -huh. disavowed government group. Uh, you know, it's now got like funding again. I'm getting like a nice paycheck. All right, boss. What job do I have? All right, we need you to like, uh, you know, like use this b drill bit to like screw out stuff from foam that's going to be this size by this size and do like, you know, 80 of them. Thanks so much, pal. I thought you were going to go so far as to say, yeah, we need you to inventory these these awesome like new age crystals that we have, just like your um, your unmarried aunt's apartment. <laughs> I think they did that with the first tech and then he turned into like a bucket of water and uh, <laughs> then they were like, you know what? We need to do this in biohazard suits. That or a crazy cat lady. <laughs> Anyhow, we move to Mac who's speaking Spanish to Yo-Yo. Pete, he tells her in Spanish that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. really is there to protect people. It's a mission that S.H.I.E.L.D. has had since it was the SSR in World War II. Look at all of these things that don't kill, by the way. Oh, except for these things that do. <laughs> also, a nice... Chekhov's things that kill. It is Chekhov's things that'll kill, but it's hidden in a way where he's trying to say, look, now that you're here and now that we can communicate better, we're all just really chill most of the time. Non-lethal, non-lethal, non-lethal. Okay, sometimes lethal. We have to do it. It's 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 hidden enough that I feel like it's, it, it, it's a great Chekhov's blue light of death. And look at the inherent symbolism to explaining to an outsider that the SSR became S.H.I.E.L.D., which, of course, is now evolving into something else with the inclusion of these inhuman warriors. At the same time, the burgeoning relationship between Yo-Yo and Mac, she's being called Yo-Yo all over the base now. She will get her revenge. His Spanish is improving and uh yeah with all those other things they kill matt of course there's a bound to be things that do we move to the the medical portion of shield hq fitzsimmons wondering if lucio really is dead he's he's quite warm and there's metabolic activity 
you know dead-ish. what? Dead-ish. Dead-ish. Indeed, dead-ish is dead-ish. Uh, let's do a, a quarantine just for precaution. Um, May is uh, in the uh, the med room there, and Lincoln, as a doctor, is looking her over. And we head to Malik's interrogation, where he's now spilling that a reckoning is coming. And it's the man of science versus the man of faith here. There you go. And uh, they they bring up the uh, the Latin name Albius, which means Matt. Hive. Yes, we can finally say here uh, that he had uh, infected other inhumans. And if you trust any of them, you need to stop now. And there's this great shot, a little less than convincing how Malik is, is able to get in Coulson's head. But it's sold on this shot when he emerges there from, from Vault D and sees Joey outside and, uh, you know, there's kind of this accusing look. And then there's Daisy and Lincoln from the med bay. And then uh, Yo-Yo. And, uh, you know, it, it all turns into a situation where Mac is asking him, reading the moment there, is everything okay? And Coulson tells him, you need to quietly lock down the base as we end that second act. I agree that the bearer of this news, Malik, is someone that Coulson need not blindly trust. But I think that Malik sells it in a way where, you know, it, it it's like it's like the old, you know, it's like anytime there's a bomb threat, you need to treat it like it's serious, even if you're pretty sure it's not. And I think it, it's with that spirit that Coulson says that all of this lines up. And even if it's a trick, we need to now screen these four people. Act three here and uh, Fitz as the man of science. He wants empirical evidence. He says that Malik has no proof of what he's told Colson here, but Colson is adamant that he needs to check. Um, Mac and Simmons join him as well. And the idea that anyone could be turned here, they need a test and they need a cure. But wait, these people, these inhumans saved our lives. Um, and it's Daisy who awkwardly ends up in here and fitting the way the, the episode ends up. But uh, she's looking for info on Zombie Ward. She mustn't have gotten the, the update here on the name. And uh, she's looking for another shot at him, you know, Right, right, Chief, because I'm on the team and I'm leading the team and I'm not infected at all. But I didn't say that. And, uh, you know, they they uh, uh, they should know that um, Joey crossed off Lucio. That's that's polite spy stuff for he killed him, Matt. You can't just come in and say it. That's not that's not what's done. Um Joey dealing with that is uh, is mentioned as uh, as an issue. We also see that Yo-Yo is crawling the walls. That's just a metaphor. We have to wait a little longer for our wall crawler in the MCU. Uh, she decries everything going on as paranoia and bureaucratic nonsense. Uh, this, Pete, on a night where not once but twice Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was uh, paused uh, and uh, thankfully not not 
interrupted uh, while continuing, but paused twice for elections news. Three times if you were watching in New York. Oh, um, so paranoia and bureaucratic bureaucratic nonsense, indeed. Indeed. We have a quick check-in with May. She doesn't want those pain meds that Lincoln is suggesting. She reminds Daisy that sometimes the job requires not telling the team everything that's going on. Heavy lies the crown because May's a goodie, Daisy is a goodie, and I, I believed it the entire time. Yeah, and we're, we're meant to. It's, it's sold in a way that you can't not buy in there. Um, but despite the, the, the fracture we're beginning to see with, with some of the Inhumans, as, as Daisy is explaining the situation to them and Yo-Yo is uh, upset there, she, she talks about bureaucracy and particularly given the, the political stuff that we saw during this episode, it's almost like they knew, Matt. <laughs> it's almost like they knew. Um, but, uh, you know, with with Lincoln checking in on May and this discussion between Daisy and May uh, after uh, he apparently tries to pump her full of pain medicine uh, in what is turned around in a little bit as, well, that's suspicious, um, that Daisy did well that she led well uh hey it gets easier right and then suddenly we find ourselves in this lockdown we also return to uh colson talking to malik which just want to point out if you are asked to uh play the role of a man 50 years uh, or older on agents of shield to go mano and mano with clark gregg when you start to get a bunch of clark gregg scenes that's probably around the time that your your character is going to run out. Not always, just just a, a note to you actors out there. <laughs> Malik talks to Colson about sacrifice. He's he's given this monster his brother and his daughter. He calls he calls uh, Ward slash Hive the devil. He's failed his family. What else matters? Colson says that what happens next matters. Let's sell Malik on revenge. The the anger from Rosalind's death burbling up and uh you know that made uh killing ward possible gave this demon new legs hey malik you're ready to work together time to spill everything yeah turn it into rage here i've met gods gods bleed i think oh snap he just oh i know what he's talking about pete that's from yeah. that movie yeah i think we should also point out though uh he lost his life to a god so there, there is a downside. And again, given the way this episode ends, uh, not with the upper hand. The story moves back to Mac, who is kind of the ostensible number two. I know that we've seen Mac as the, the assistant director or the acting director, but it, it seems that there's still some of that here. Yeah, it helps that May is also uh, wounded, but... I like Mac in this position, no offense to May, and certainly no offense to Ming-Na Wen. He's watching all four Inhumans on the monitors. It seems that Mac only finds Yo-Yo being suspicious, you know, since she's all runny-blurry. I kind of wondered why that's what she does, um, so I don't know why that would look suspicious. Uh, May wanders in, hey, what's going on? And Mac, I guess 
he got a note from uh got a note from the writers uh, we can't do a lengthy explanation here she says what's going on she's asking him for for an official sit rep now that she's rejoining the field his response too much Fitzsimmons uh, are clad in environmental suits there, checking out uh, Lucio's head. Um, Fitz gets uh, creeped out here, wants to know if Simmons has seen any good movies lately. Um, And she wants to know if he is asking her on a date to go see one. Brain, however, Matt, as my notes say, is gross. Um, Fitz... Then uh, heads with May to the um, the room with Coulson, where they explain they had found the uh, brain damage in Lucio. Um, still not quite sure he meets the um, categorization of of being dead. All the more reason here that May wants to quarantine um, the Inhumans. Coulson is talking about the possibility of even trying to ice them may brings up that Lincoln tried to pump her full of the meds and uh, Colson wants to know what game are we playing? The lights go out and may says that they're about to find out. Pete just want to take an opportunity in this portion of the story, particularly the, uh, the uh, medical scene there with Fitzsimmons and there's all the, the blood that we see and the blood that we don't see. Uh, episode director Elodie Keen, uh, a veteran of directing TV, uh, here takes a page from none other than Mr. Steven Spielberg in Jaws. We see the blood reflections on Simmons' mm-hmm. mask. Uh, really a classy way to do it. It is network TV. I, I dare say someone at the network must have said, now wait, hold on. The the little tippity top portion there of the skull how bloody not too bloody make sure there's no you know there must have been a discussion to make sure that it wouldn't wouldn't you know hurt our sensitive uh, dispositions here um but really really nicely done by uh, director elodie keen i can't agree more there even to the point where what they're showing you of the necrotic tissue of the brain is is still easy enough to look at without getting all squeamish uh, Mac checks the uh, non-lethal and the one lethal weapon there. And of course, Matt, there's one missing. And Fitzsimmons stumbles upon in the dark Malik's room. It's open and the lethal blue thing is next to his uh, his dead body, which then goes off to end that third act. Act four starts with the dust settling from this explosion, from the power outage, Colson telling Daisy and Lincoln at least part of the situation. Uh, we see an increasingly tense standoff. Uh, Yo-Yo joining the scene, Joey joining it. There being anonymous shield guards, Mac, May pulls a gun, a gun that ends up in, uh, in uh, Yo-Yo's hand pretty quickly. The standoff is diffused a bit by Daisy moving uh, the Secret Warriors into the S.H.I.E.L.D. romper room, patent pending, copyright, etc. Lincoln is especially buying into the anti-human bias that he perceives. Uh, Ditto on Yo-Yo, who adds to it also the or at least sees in 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 all of this proof of the the big government problem big brother etc the colorfulness that she adds here you know talking about uh in spanish that uh 
you know, that this is the government, uh, that they're pigs. And then in English, screw shield priceless. It's not easy at all to write a character like she is, uh, struggling in a, a different tongue, trying to express herself and, and to do it in as eloquent and in as humorous a way as it comes across at moments in this episode. And, and again, heartbreaking that one other time, really, really well done and performed admirably as well. Absolutely. They're also, uh, as they're discussing this idea of uh, a, a hive infestation, uh, we return to the mystery of Yo-Yo's cut, that being the, uh, the, the, the red herring cut. Um, but quickly this is devolving into, into uh, everyone suspecting their neighbor. The focus turns to Daisy. Hey, says Lincoln, where, Daisy, where were you when the power went down? Hey, wait a minute, where was Lincoln during the electrical failure? Joey's heard enough, he wants out. Now it's Lincoln stopping him. Sky tells them all to take a deep breath. And I wasn't quite clear at this point, Pete, were they officially starting to gas the room? There seemed to be some kind of a, a hiss there or a commotion from the outside. But uh... I didn't pick up on that, but I really dug where they took this scene in terms of the suspicion, uh, backloaded exposition where Lincoln is uh, saying that all this time Jai Ying was terrified of Hive returning. So uh, to to get that lends credence to your suspicion of him, that he had been holding um, information back earlier. May was was trying to talk Daisy down that, you know, if Coulson's withholding, it's for a good reason. He'll ultimately get this. So who we can trust and who we think we can trust at this point, um, certainly up for grabs, but probably not including uh, Daisy at this point in terms of the suspicion since all along she's kind of been us as the surrogate for the viewer. And now in this pseudo leadership situation bringing these people together indeed there's uh daisy misdirecting her fellow secret warriors uh telling them she's going to take them to the secret elevator uh that's also intercut with mac finding something it's not revealed yet but about to be also intercut with political coverage <laughs> that as well um the secret elevator though isn't an elevator it's the containment room yeah, and the Daisy's all good. Yeah, that they that she sold them out here. Um, but uh, talking about how, you know, one of them is sick. There's the uh, spherical alien device here, the, the Cree device that was found um, that was from the asset room here that uh, Lincoln um is the one who wanted to stay then on the transia rooftop he caught a glimpse of ward and uh that he turned he's been that way the whole time um we have uh yo-yo going after colson and suddenly daisy is there to uh deliver her powers and take us into that act break we return from the act break with Daisy talking about the sanctity of the team, especially now that it's been broken up. Trust is an important thing. Uh, 
Yo-Yo is making her way uh, out, or at least elsewhere, and uh, seeing her winter cut with Daisy, uh, Yo-Yo tells Mac that her name is Elena. Yeah, I mean, what a what a stab for that really nice relationship that's developed at this part. But to come back to Daisy talking about how they were so good together and, and it took so little to break them apart. And, and looking back at this scene she's having with Coulson now with our knowledge at the end of the episode that it's her all along makes it even more stunning. Uh, we also get uh, Joey who's getting a needle pulled out of the back of his neck. Uh, part of the uh, the inhuman test that's going on. Pardon me, the, the hive test that's going on. Uh, Mac is still watching them on the monitors, unclear at this point what he's looking for. Uh, Colson says that he doesn't know if the rest of the team are infected. We're going to find out. Uh, they definitely must stay away from Hive. The Secret Warriors team must be disbanded. Daisy adds for now, saying that they'll be stronger in the future. So a note there of optimism from, from our gal, the person representing we as the audience. But really loaded from a story sense well they'll be stronger next time you'll see for the wrong reasons dun, dun, dun. we we see pete the emotional heartbeat of the episode fitzsimmons wondering if they're ever going to find answers about hives infections simmons just wants to help their friends pete this repetition of her saying i just want to help um, our friends my friends it reached a point where I wondered if that was um, a clue that Simmons was going bad. I, I suspect that, that it's the case. Obviously a misdirect clue, but regardless, Pete, they cuddle. They kiss. Oh, yeah. Are things moving too fast? Fitz wonders. Great line. Fitz, it's been 10 years. Uh, Fitz being the gentleman and Simmons saying, you know, let's, let, let's, let's, have some, let's have some good times here. But she also repeats... She just wants to save her friends. And that's when I was concerned, Pete, that one of my most favorite characters in all Marvel TV was was going to be a bad a baddie somehow. But we're not there yet, thank goodness. Well, and important, too, in the context of this episode and, and the discussion they're having here that maybe someday they'll find something in space that's magnificent, that's not trying to infect them, that's not trying to corrupt them. And... This couple that seemingly been cursed the entire time they've been on this show in three seasons and their 10 years before just a constant series of missed opportunities. He's convinced it's the cosmos that they're not meant to be. Simmons is convinced with their friends being ripped away that they can't uh, waste any more time here. Um, so really nice way to to write them into uh furthering their relationship um we go to lincoln in the uh containment room here and he is asserting he did not try to betray them there has never been a problem with luke mitchell's acting he's always been perfectly wonderful perfectly i mean i don't i don't want to undersell it but Ernest, this is his i would strongest. definitely say is uh an adjective that comes to mind with his portrayal this character particularly the shades they've given him this season of a of a previous addiction 
Yeah, and the he's given a bit more to play here, Luke Mitchell is, because he understands why they're being th- put through this rigmarole. He understands the suspicion. I think that he's had a chance. He is, as Lincoln here, not as the actor, I think he's had a chance to reflect on how he did act out of turn, flashing his powers, and it's just like, no harm, no foul. We need to get to a point of safety here. And the indignance that he's playing against Daisy, who who comes sneaking on in via the pod, um, and hey, we can just skip out, right? We can just go on our way, right? And that's when you start to see kind of this flicker in his eyes, where where emotionally and and then also in dialogue, he's kind of saying, "Well, no, like I'm in here because of infractions against the team, as the team was trying to protect itself." Right? No, we can't just skip out. There's a what is going on here? There's a problem. And with Daisy having programmed the security that she was just able to waltz out here, he asks, what did she do? And in flashback, we see, I, I particularly like the effect of the flashback. There was like a graying mm-hmm. to it, uh, which was smartly done, despite the fact that we knew this stuff happened earlier in the episode. You know, I, I think of the season premiere of uh, season six for the walking dead where their flashbacks were in black and white. And that was needed to sell us on stuff we hadn't seen that had taken place after the last season and before the real time that we caught up in. But here this effect just is well sold. And um, we see ward hive infect Daisy right uh, before the moment where uh, she said, guys, I'm coming to you, kind of eyeing that swaying hook that was out there in that uh, that factory setting. But she explained to him, um, I have to get back to the base. There's something we need. And he told her to do it. Um, back in real time with Lincoln, um, he says, you know, so this is what his sway looks like, huh? And she talks about the emptiness that he has referenced before that he tried to fill with alcohol, that now it's it's a void that is full in her inhuman existence. We see a second flashback, Matt, with Malik uh, in his interrogation room. Daisy enters. So it's you. And I was worried we had texted back and forth, uh, Matt, unceremonious end here for Powers Booth. And thank goodness we get to see this, particularly since we had previewed his death um, in two previous episodes. Yeah, and I... I like how it's presented here. It's also, as a character moment, he's kind of uh, ready, willing, and able to accept death from her as part of the larger cause, um, which which is a nice twist. It's not particularly shocking, but it's a nice twist nonetheless. Also want to point out that the effects uh, put over his face as, uh, as he is being blasted to death by Hive Daisy you know the eyes are turning red and the face looks very kind of distorted it's 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 very nicely done in a in a horrific sort of way he's then dead but then the bomb is planted uh for for future misdirection as we know because it's 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 the past right and with her having set us up the bomb that's intentional check out the internet um daisy explains that malik didn't matter um 
that uh, they they've thrown away what they have here. Um, and there's the settling on the temper that Lincoln has. And, uh, you know, which I thought was an interesting thing to to bring up. It's been a source of some of their differences throughout this season. But she comes back to that they can have it all together. Um, but he doesn't want any part of this. And she tells him that he'll understand someday. With that, she heads back to that asset room. She steals that Cree device again. She takes those crystals, that poor guy who cut all those foam holes in that thing. He's going to be so disappointed, Matt. And then pretty effective sequence to end here. She she heads through the, the big yellow effects door into a sequence that under a lot of other uh, visual uh, effects houses could really be a lot of trickery and instead this is sold very very well we have the shots of her quaking the lock off the door then you're you're kind of unsure was she going to levitate because it was going straight down and and then it takes over the the rest of the hangar there Fitzsimmons as they're cuddling they get dust on them Colson and May in the kitchen they start to wonder Lincoln knows all too well in the chamber what's going on here and as Colson tries to get in he silently screams uh Daisy which is against type since he seems to grab for sky uh too frequently as we've heard yeah, nice, nice use of sound there in that they drop the dialogue and replace it just with the uh, the, the swelling music, the sound effects of uh, of what I thought was a, a well-straddled line of how much damage is there. The answer is exactly as much as they need for next episode. Uh, we see the concrete fall on him. Um, we also do not see you know, every last thing in the hangar being completely flattened. So kudos there to, they, they give themselves exactly whatever it is that they're looking for. It's not just the, 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 the easier brushstroke of everything is coming down. Uh, and uh, Daisy walks to camera, taking us to black to end the act. The tag scene here um, has glass on the floor and we're wondering, are we going to be picking up back at shield HQ? But surprise it's, New, new Hydra. Uh, Squidward we, Manor, a.k.a. Hive House. <laughs> ha- hashtag it, people. Hashtag Hive House. Yeah. Well, we want to know. Here, here, Here's, you know, Matt used um, Hive Daisy. Uh, so Hazy would be the one there. I'm going to go with Daisy Hive or Dive. So what we want to hear from listeners and hashtag your responses here, Hazy or Dive, as the uh, the name there for this infected uh, Daisy character. But uh, uh, Ward is there. Uh, Guerra is um, with him as well. And uh, that they're preparing to leave. Uh, he's worried that that Malik, uh, you know, left people behind his estate. People might come after them. But um, 
Ward knows, Hive knows that Gideon is dead. Hydra, he says, has evolved. And very interesting. So Coulson didn't go with Sky when he realized what was going on. And it makes sense because this is Daisy with the tremor powers that she's using to tear their base apart that he would in a, in a moment of emotion reach for her name that he associates with those powers. But that Ward calls her sky here before talking about the $960 million fortune that Malik left behind. Let's spend it, Matt. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Pete, let's start with R.I.P. Malik, great baddie. I won't say gone too soon because I guess his time was up, but uh, certainly a force to be reckoned with. Listen, to be able to pull back Powers Booth from having been in the first Avengers movie, largely in shadow, but clearly recognizable, to be able to, to bring all of this Hydra backstory to this character the moment that he foresaw his death we we knew we were on borrowed time i'm just so glad that when we saw him killed off screen that ultimately we we got to get that and you you feel the emotional weight of it here's a guy who has clearly made mistakes selling his his brother out uh to this awful entity suffering the loss of his daughter, which, you know, has, has been misapplied by a couple different characters as a, as a sacrifice and now ultimately suffering his fate, which he embraces in the idea of seeing his daughter again and, and perhaps getting some type of, you know, you believe in forgiveness, some possible closure, but the, the, the character goes out, great end for a great actor it's it's an actorly ending for the character in this episode he got to play grief he got to play rage he got to play cowering prisoner and he got to play a triumphant switcheroo villain who is accepting his fate in the end to to fulfill the villainous cause so powers booth will be missed pete next on the list Ward, scratch that out. Squidward, scratch that out. Now we can officially say, next on the list, Hive. And you gotta wonder, they let this slip out. In fact, I, I'm here to tell you that it was uh, it was old Gemma Simmons. It was uh, Elizabeth Hensridge who at uh, WonderCon um, let the name slip out publicly whether or not that was a planned situation, but that we're in 317 here. They've been back since 311 and that we hadn't all this time to the, to the chagrin of listeners. Why are you still calling him Squidward? Well, listen, that's the fantastic geek uh, rule until it's spoken on screen. It, it don't count. And, um, you gotta wonder whether it was a miscalculation in, in letting the name out because you lost a little bit of the resonance with the reveal here. It, it probably was just a simple mistake on her part. Not the first time that we've uh, that we've 
heard it and <laughs> it's why the marvel rule is uh i don't want to say too much because jeff Loeb will be angry <laughs> um that's always a good rule uh yeah he's had a couple rough springs matt <laughs> you know there was the um the chloe bennett uh cree reveal that she was then made to walk back um i can't imagine that went over very well and uh you know now now you've got this one clearly nowhere on that level you lose nothing by all right he's hot if he's he's this and and certainly there was a playfulness the past several weeks given that that people knew this but i again i just can't help but wonder could you have kept that under our wraps a little bit more certainly there are similarities to the comics character so i think i think it would have been on a similar trajectory of come on call him this it's obvious enough you know but uh but uh now at least officially named and pete named so many times in the episode so casually by the characters there's a little little writerly moment there to just say all right we're officially calling him hive we're going with it nobody's going to question it we're just gonna we're just gonna call him hive the most interesting thing in that discussion with Coulson and Malik is that Coulson um, talks about how the Cree, which have a special place in Coulson's resurrected life here um, with the GH325 and, and everything there that synthesized um, substance, that they used um, Hive as a slave. So that even a, a, a terrible godlike force like he has been forced to kowtow to something in the past. And, and now he's got all that pent up anger um, and this ability to control is, you know, the guy is a loaded gun and all of the different um, people that he's absorbed to this point. And what that potentially means from a story standpoint is uh, really fascinating heading into this, you know, final couple episodes. Well, he might be a loaded gun, but uh, he has he has a henchman too. next on the list, Guerra, who uh, I continued to be glad gets uh, gets screen time, gets things to do. With such little things, I, I pointed out the, the slight earlier, just literally goes around Malik. Uh, to, you know, take Ward, to take Hive's bidding. And it it's sold so effectively that you could almost fail to notice it, yet still understand that uh, his former boss now means nothing to him. And he's all about this uh, really powerful entity that he's held under the sway of and i guess it's a question of is is he infected the way we see daisy is has he done this of his own volition uh i don't think that we've seen conclusive evidence in prior episodes uh though i certainly could be wrong but well, we we had the scene where he and the um and lucio were hit by the the flesh-eating thingies Oh, well, then I guess we do have conclusive evidence. So does that mean, Pete, that there still is some good in Guerra, but we've only ever seen him be bad? Is there some independence in Guerra that might be redeemed, or is he uh, 
Is he just going to be a, a, a lifeless bag of meat come season's end? Again, you're going to build compelling characters. There has to be conflict both within and without. So I, I can't imagine there's not something going on within him that helps him understand that perhaps he's gone too far. And then there's, you know, we're going to talk about the bond that Daisy uh, references with Lincoln as in humans that other inhumans who don't feel or aren't under the sway of uh hive may feel towards one another to to try to redeem one another well hopefully nobody tells Guerra that shield has a habit of cleaning out all its villains by season's end and starting afresh <laughs> next season uh speaking of villains pete a newcomer to the villainous list to the dossier daisy johnson herself sold so effectively in this episode in, in terms of the decisions, the choices made to, to wind up with this situation, the heartbreaking, uh, you know, destruction of the, um, the hangar there and the relationship that's in tatters with, uh, Lincoln. And I'm so interested, particularly with all those shippers out there, Matt, with uh, Sky, as he's called her here, the reunion coming with uh, Hive Ward. Hive Ward, Sky Ward, the two hives count each other out. Now Sky Ward is back because the hive is gone. Will true love redeem? I don't know about all that, but I know she certainly is in dangerous, uh, dangerous territory there. Pete, before we head into level seven, just want to want to give a little little tip off to our uh, our people supporting us on Patreon. Check out the page, uh, the Patreon page that is, of course, Patreon.com/slash/FantasticGeek. Uh, for the people who uh, who are already patrons there, we put up a little something on uh, on uh, this past Sunday. So, Pete, that would have been April seventeenth. It was posted. So uh, take a listen. We don't want to say anything more than that. Just a little little something from us to you over there at Patreon. And of course, if uh, if others would like to see what that is or help help out uh, with the costs uh, accrued by the podcast, bandwidth and storage and techity tech stuff, you too can go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Yeah, super grateful that uh, people have been jumping on board there. And we're, we're just constantly trying to think up ways to reward the people who reward us for doing what we love and listen each week. So thanks again. In a podcast that has rewarded us with <laughs> ward in different different configurations. It's all connected, Pete. It is. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, did I hear correctly that uh, Hive can control humans? And in humans, I I admit I'm a little confused on that regard. I know he can definitely control in humans. Right. I know that we've seen him kill cowering humans. Um, I, I'm 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 concerned that he can control regular humans, and and that certainly implies a whole heck of a lot. I mean, we see that he he can control one at a time, right? Uh, the question is, can he can he infect more than one at a time? Something well, tells me the answer is yes. Obviously, 
uh, Daisy takes the Terrigen crystals so that they can make more. We've gone from a situation where we were going to have an inhuman uh, sanctuary state to now it's it's literally a uh, inhumans arms race. Our secret warriors on on one side and our corrupted uh, inhumans on the other. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, not glimpsed in this episode but seen before in a uh in a tag we have that um that warhead uh now with some crystals you can imagine where they're going to go there matt how about the kree ball tons of mystery there i know that there was talk on twitter i think it was mike Sorensen, if not maybe jeff john cox one of the two that said uh floated the idea could this be uh, another one of uh thanos's uh crystals that he's in search for the all those those the uh, infinity stones the infinity stones i, I don't think we're gonna drop an infinity stone into and, it, and again this is not at the you know um expensive marvel tv but those are a movie thing at this point that's um, that's my that's my instinct too uh, I guess as as go the Infinity Stones and as go uh, the future of Thanos in the movies, the more we see of that in the TV shows, the more the thaw is happening. The less we see, the 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 less uh, hope of uh, greater unification between the two could be. I know over the weekend, Pete, we got a whole ton of Twitter feedback from one person calling out every last sin about how the MCU isn't as unified as they'd have us believe. It is what it is. It is what it is. Still far more unified than anything out there. Pete, what do you want to make of some of the language they use here? You know, you can't tell what they look like. You can't tell what makes them different. Uh, but then we're now going to come up with a test. We're going to come up with a test that cures them. Some kind of shades of, of uh, you know, kind of some real-world connections here. To what degree do you think the show is sprinkling that on, pushing a backseat metaphor, a front-seat metaphor? What's your take on that? I don't see it on a metaphorical level. I'm, I'm calling it a story baloney. It's our way to uh, de-thingitize, oh, psst, you don't have the monster in you. Next up. You don't either. Um, you've gotten, I think, the biggest possible reveal of, of who's infected and certainly the last one anybody suspected. So now it's just a question of, and I think it'll ultimately turn out this way, of other inhumans that they encounter testing them to find out whether or not they are under the uh, control of Hive. Open the mailbag, Matt. Let's check the wire. We begin on iTunes where a review was left for us on April 13th by Mike in MN, Minnesota there. The headline is Fine Shield Podcast, three out of five stars. And it reads, Matt and Peter provide a look back at each episode and a nice overview of the MCU contacts. If you can stomach their occasional yet increasingly frequent displays of social justice virtue, 
bona fides. This podcast might be up your alley. Watch out for an I as a feminist, dot, dot, dot. If not, you won't miss much by choosing another podcast, as I have found. Do yourself a favor and check out their Looking Back at Lost podcast, we should say. That is Matt's Looking Back at Lost podcast. I was not involved uh, in, in but a couple of episodes there, particularly with the music, just as a footnote. But Matt, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, I'm a little taken back by this review, given that I don't know the show is going for these things. And, you know, in the previous segment, you had asked me, are we working on a metaphorical level with the inhuman testing? And I feel that we don't. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't know. Go back and rewatch that Watch Dogs episode and, and tell me we're not making social commentary. Because if you can watch that and think that, you're wrong. <laughs> I, this took me aback. I'm sorry that uh, some people are offended by the world as it is and not as it was. Uh, this is a show, let's not forget, that was co-created by uh, a woman. This is a show that, in terms of star power, after they, of course, got Clark Gregg, who is the glue, uh, the next name they cast was a woman. Uh, this is a show that, apparently, if you believe the producers, and, and I don't have any reason to not believe them, uh, the plan all along was to have the young female character of Sky uh, be kind of the greatest hero among them. Uh, this is a show that that made the decision to have two science characters who are equal, one's male, one's female. Uh, this is a show made in a country where the female majority of voters have elected the president, certainly in the last two cycles, and I think that goes back to the two previous. So this is a country where where you have women are, are having a, a, a greater voice in presidential elections. This is a show where uh, it's it's co-run by by a woman. There are strong women, both sides of the camera. This is an episode directed by a a woman who's been directing television since uh, the nineteen eighties. Sorry, I guess if that offends your sensibilities, I, I'll proudly take those three stars as uh, as a badge of courage. And uh, if if that that uh, formerly dear listener has moved on to to greener pastures, uh, I guess I could say. We'll, we'll keep doing what we do, which is celebrating these amazing characters uh, of, of both genders, of, of many ethnic backgrounds. We have multiple languages in this episode. That, that probably just had him through the roof there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that the future is increasingly here and the past is uh, decreasingly uh, among us. I can't imagine the viewers in 2016 want inch deep um mile wide narratives we we want the best of all worlds and to bring it back to this episode like you did matt that, that we can have an emerging character in yo-yo uh coming into her own at the same time very sure of who she is as a person and what she feels in her heart is what is right this is what is right with television, written, directed, produced by the creative team, 
that is doing this. So, uh, Matt, I'm going to use the dialogue from, uh, you know, earlier in this season or season uh, series. Uh, Trust the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe this inspires a couple people to to head to iTunes to help to help out. Wipe away this uh, particular review, but uh, as I said, we'll we'll take this review with with uh, with joy, hoping that future people, uh, future people looking for an Agents of Shield podcast, new listeners will come along, uh, get a little little vision into what we're about, which is uh, which is just people being people, people being equal, and uh, and that is the unabashed spirit that we bring to this podcast. That and, and being the podcast that's consistently first to post and, uh, you know, on top of everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that no other podcast is. So, Matt, you said it will wear that criticism like a red badge of courage. Always going to thank uh, people for listening. Certainly welcome them for their opinions. But I think that... Uh, <sighs> The consensus will rule here. Absolutely. Pete, also ruling is your presence on Twitter. How can people be in touch with you there? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 7,588 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, yes, it's named for looking back at Lost, the 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 podcast that 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 predated the thing that predated Fantastic Geek, but anyhow, on Twitter I am uh, looking back Lost, uh, but you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek with the PH. You can find us under the name Fantastic Geek on the Gmail, the dot com, the Twitter, the Instagram, and more. Pete, Fantastic Geek, the Facebook. At uh, facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the ph all one word there like it today well pete with that we can look ahead to uh the continued the the starting to wrap up daredevil podcast later in the week if you're listening to us on the pop culture podcast feed uh if not we'll be back for more agents of shield soon as that itself is in its uh final four episodes if my count is correct numbers and such um and uh, we have some good stuff planned for the summer as well. So regardless of how you listen to us, we'll be announcing some of those uh, some of those goodies before you can. Also, by the way, Shield fans, Marvel TV fans, uh, circle, circle your calendars. Not only is the Shield finale on March seventeenth, but that's the date when uh, ABC will be announcing its uh, schedule for the new year, pickups, cancellations, etc. Uh, sometimes it's the night before even that that stuff gets out so if you have an eye towards marvel's most wanted getting picked up fingers crossed or if you're concerned about uh, agent carter getting canceled as we are uh that's the date that we will know by so start to start to i don't know make your make your voodoo dolls or make your uh, (laughs) wishes to the stars whatever it might be yeah those upfronts are always a uh vital part of the spring here in terms of uh turning things over to the next tv calendar year so uh fingers crossed calendars circled with that pete i will say to all our listeners for now and to the one listener that wrote the review adios and give you the final word we'll be stronger next time 
you'll see 